0: Good morning, Lake Church. Oh, we can do better than that. Amen? Good morning, Lake Church. Good morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm going to try to get through my board. So uh, we'll be here till Kevin Powers starts at 7 o'clock. No, I'm just kidding. Amen? God is good. Got some great things planned. I'm excited to share with you that uh, starting Easter Sunday, I believe it's March 31st, uh, we're going to be starting a Hispanic service. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Oh, we can get wilder than that about that. That's, yeah. for years we have desired to reach the expanding and growing Hispanic community in our area, and uh, we have some wonderful families that are a part of that community. And uh, we definitely want to reach them. And we understand that there are language barriers, you know, that uh, keep people from hearing the message that's preached from here. And so we're going to have it at uh, 10 a.m. It's going to be at the Youth Center. And so if you have anybody who is Hispanic that's looking for a work to go to where they can learn the Word of God and be trained up, uh, be sure and let them know uh, because it's going to be – from then on, and so we've got one of our sons of the house, Jorge, is going to be uh, bringing the word, and one of our daughters of the house, Kenya, is going to be uh, taking care of that, and we're very excited about that, very excited about what the Lord is doing. We want to reach the entire community for the Lord Jesus, amen? Amen. And then we're going to empower our gospel tent. Uh, L.C. Mobile is going to be mobile this summer. And uh, we have, uh, praise God, Dora and Grace. Amen. And uh, they're going to be going out. We've got five ports of call that we're going to be coming into uh, around the area. And we're going to be preaching. I tell you, these ladies... They have the best testimony of the transforming power of the Lord that I've ever heard. And that needs to be heard throughout this region. Amen. For years, they were slaves to what this region has been enslaved with. Now they're going to bring freedom through the declaration of the gospel. And so we're going to have a good time there. And if you'd like to help with that, any of those. Listen, you just see me, you just see one of the elders, one of the uh, ministers here, and we'll make sure that you get hooked up. Amen? And then, last but not the least, my son Jaden got engaged. I, ha- I haven't met her yet, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jaden is going to be marrying little Jaden, so that's a wonderful amen, and we're grateful to have the prophet uh, Kevin Powers with us and to have the Romeros with us, and they're going to be uh, helping us with praise and worship in these next uh, four nights, so excited about what God is doing, but I really believe that we're here right now to try to finish this board, Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to finish it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. So you pray for me. Amen. You pray for me. They put Baileys in there to keep me going. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 6. As you can see, I've got my board here, and it basically represents three earth ages. I know that you see six, you know, earths in here are what I would consider earth, but it really represents three earth ages, and so I endeavored to get through this board in four weeks, but we are right here. Okay, That's not very far, okay? All right, but anyway, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And we understand the heavens is plural. It is not singular. That means that there are three heavens according to the scripture, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where the apostle Paul says, I was taken up to the third heaven. That is the place where God dwells. He ultimately rules in that realm. Then we have what is known as the second heaven, which is the psychic realm, which is the realm of spirits. And the realm of spirits is in contestation right now. There is a battle going on in that heavenly realm. We see things in the scripture over and over again where we see this battle ongoing. The prince of Grecia against the prince of, you know, Persia. These various shiftings of nations. And we've got to understand that nations are basically spiritual constructs. Do you understand that? that the culture of any kingdom or any nation comes from the heavenlies. See, we did not invent civilization. We inherited it. So we are just a mirror of what is going on in the heavenly realm. And so we, we understand that entire nations are formed in unison with these powers that are above. Because we see over and over in the Old Testament that to every earthly king or potentate, there is a spiritual entity that is controlling or being the puppet master of that particular you know, ruler. Amen? And we see it over and over again. And that has not changed. Okay? That has not changed. Other than... Their power has been eliminated into the believing church, which is the most powerful entity in the world, which we don't believe that, otherwise we'd walk into our authority more. We're the most powerful entity in the church, in the world, the church is. And it's the only entity God has chosen to work through. He's not going to work through human government. Unless there's a believer in human government. He's not going to work through social services unless there is a believer that's working in social service. Do you, see, do you understand that? So we've constantly, the church has kind of delegated its responsibility over to these entities. And we've seen the church get powerless and government and social entities get more powerful. But now is the time when the shift is happening. When people are being aware that the church is the most powerful entity upon the earth. Because Jesus was the most powerful man that ever walked the earth. And we are his body on the earth. That means that he is alive and well in every one of us. Amen. So we have to understand... That we are in a conflict. A conflict that is not centered around us. It is centered around one. Jesus Christ. That's the conflict. Amen? And so, we go to Genesis 1-2, and it says, And the earth was without form and void. And that word was, and I've told you, became. It became null and void. It was not created in vain. We saw that in the book of Jeremiah. We saw that in the other prophets. But it became vain. It became tohu vabahu. It became vain. It became, you know, uninhabitable because of something that transpired between these two verses. And I showed you that many times in the scripture, a period can represent hundreds of years. That one period in one sentence to the next sentence or the opening of the next sentence could be a gap. Right. Could be hundreds of years, perhaps even thousands of years. I showed that to you in the book of Daniel. So, you know, the, the, this is important to see that there's a period after 1-1. Yeah. And then it says, and the earth became without form and without void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So that tells me that there was a judgment or that chaos ensued in that particular phase of earth. And I showed you from the book of Second Peter that there are three earth ages that are listed in the scriptures. The world that then was, the world that now is, and the world that shall be. Amen the new heaven and the new earth boy we've got a great future ahead of us amen now I have to say this I give an announcement about tonight because some of you are trying to plan whether or not you want to do football but I'm with Bobby Boucher's mama I don't need no foosball I need the Lord amen I, I need to hear from him Especially in this time period. Come on. Oh, we've got to shirk off the distractions. We've got to get laser focused. Amen? So what happened? What happened? Well, I want to look at the book of Job but real quickly. Uh, hold your place where you were at. But uh, I'm just kind of going with what the Lord's given me. Okay? Is that all right? Go for it, Pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Kirby. I'll just take you as... We'll go together, brother. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, praise the Lord. Let me let me find this scripture for you. I believe I've got it listed there. No, I don't have it listed there. Okay, Job 38, 3 through 7. Job 38. Job 38. We have to understand that the angelic realm is not what we have been has been perceived and brought about through religion. The angelic realm is angel is not a title in the sense that it's a noun per se. It's a function word. And it means messenger. And that's all it means. Come on now. So it's not, you know, I'm a messenger. But do you define me just simply as someone giving a message? No, I'm a person as well. And these entities are persons. Amen? And they are part of the kingdom of God. And some have went the way of the kingdom of darkness. They were created according to Psalm 148, by the word. And we shared that the last time I was there, how they were created by a word. So when he spoke Michael, Michael became. When he spoke Gabriel, Gabriel became. And they were already uh, housed with all of the abilities and capabilities that God wanted in them. And each of the different angels, they have different capabilities and oversee different things. Now, in the second chapter of the book of Genesis, I'm doing an overview. Is that all right? Okay, Genesis chapter 2, we said that God created the heavens of the earth and the host of them. So there was specific hosts that were in charge of the earth realm. So basically, just like if we would create a company or a manufacturing company, we would need overseers. We would need people to oversee the equipment, oversee the materials, oversee how the thing function, and then you'd have overseers over those overseers, and overseers over those overseers. Come on now. And that is how the kingdom of God is working in this earth realm. And that's the reason why you begin to see that angels are bound in the river Euphrates. We talk about water spirits. You talk about spirits of the air. You talk about, and, and even when you get into Roman mythology and various mythologies, they will say, well, he's the god of horticulture, or he's the god of wisdom, or he's the god of this. Well, basically what that is, is rebellious spirits. That have went over to the side of Satan that were given the duty to oversee horticulture, to oversee the waters, to oversee the wind, to oversee these various things, and they're in rebellion to God. So they're using their abilities contrary to the plan of God. Got to understand that. And I mean, even narcissists and things of that nature. These are Spirits. Anti-Semitism is a spirit. There's absolutely no reason why normal people should hate a different person, a a different people group. It's a spirit that comes on. Death is a spirit. Did you know that? Hello. But I'm here to tell you Jesus triumphed over every single one of them. Amen. Amen. But notice this. We looked at it before in, in thirty-eight and verse number 4. It says uh, God is speaking to uh, Job after Job has had his pity party and his prideful rants. He says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid it? Uh, It's cornerstone. Now notice this. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So we begin to see that in the creation process, the angelic realm was already present. Because the angelic realm was present when the earth and the heavens were being created. Did you know that the third heaven is not God's original habitation? He created it specifically to be shared. Oh, he! Amen? That's not his original habitation. He created the heavens and the earth. So it wasn't created until he decided to create it. Amen? And he created it to be shared. We were supposed to walk in harmony with heaven. Heaven and earth were supposed to be one. It was only through the rebellion of Lucifer uh, through the human being, Adam, that it separated. And a veil was created between the two realms. Amen? Okay. All right. So we begin to see that. Now, I want to look at a couple of more scriptures that show you, out of the book of Job, if I can find it, praise the Lord, help me pray quickly in Jesus' name. But there's a couple of instances in the book of Job where um, he begins to reveal God's uh, disposition towards the second heaven, which is the realm of spirits. And in in, uh, Job chapter 4, in verse number 18, Job chapter 4, in verse number 18, he says, Even in his servants he puts no trust, and his angels he charges with error. So we begin to see that in the angelic realm, that God doesn't even trust some. Of his holy ones. Wow! In Job 15 and, verse fifteen and verse fifteen, it says, "Behold, God puts no trust in his holy ones, and the heavens are not pure in his sight." Yeah. Wow. wow! Pretty amazing. Amen. Okay. So what happened? Well, let's go to our scripture. First Timothy chapter three. 1 Timothy chapter three. Well, let me let me get it. All right. Now, notice this, that the Apostle Paul, when he's talking about the structure of the church, okay, when he's talking about the structure of the church, and he's talking about putting people in positions of authority within the church, he begins to talk about elders, and he begins to talk about bishops. And he begins to bring this stipulation here when it comes to the proper placement. Now notice that placement is vital for us to understand when it comes to the rebellion of who we call Lucifer, which his name is not Lucifer, it's Halel, It's Halel ben Shikar, And Halel means light bringer. Okay. So he was obviously set in a position to bring light and understanding because light just simply means understanding, it means illumination and revelation. So when light comes, revelation comes. Have you ever had a time in which you said, I see it? You know, you'll be studying the Bible and then I see it. I see it. Amen? Well, that's revelation light. It was there all along. Revelation is never information that you didn't already have. You just say it wasn't revealed to you. Because you have Jesus living on the inside of you. So that means that everything he is... Because he has become unto us wisdom. So his wisdom is in us. It just requires us going through a process to get to the place of revelation. Amen? And that's not just reading your Bible once in a while. And that's not just, you know, uh, functioning, you know, and coming to church every Sunday. It's really ardently getting in the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, making sure that uh, you're, you know, you're getting, you're squeezing out all of the essence of the Scripture that you possibly can, and then all of a sudden you're driving down the road, bam, there it is. And you just say, oh, my goodness, I, I, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got to consistently put yourself in a position. But see, position and authority are some of the major battles that are within churches. In fact, position and authority are some of the major battles you have at your workplace. Yeah, that's true. Almost every ounce of strife that is perpetuated in your workplace, in your home, and in your church is perpetuated by position and authority. Somebody's fighting somebody over position and authority. This is the spirit of Antichrist. That's what it is. That's the spirit of Antichrist. You want to know what the spirit of Antichrist is? It's unsubmission to God's creative order. God has a system and an order in which we are to function in. It's when we get outside of that order and begin to operate irrespective of it, that's the reason why in the last days we see the characteristics of the spirit of Antichrist. Men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Amen. Yeah. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. It says that, uh, that children will be disobedient and dishonoring to parents. They buck against the authority structure. I'll tell you, you're a rebel. You're born a rebel. Come on now. Nobody was born pure. You're born a rebel. Because you begin to find your parents the minute you come home from the hospital. Hello, you don't have to teach a baby to lie. Those of you that have children, they, they, they will lie to you. They'll want to be held. They'll cry like they're hungry, but they just want to be held. Come on now. They will defy you. Have you ever tried to get them in a car seat? They will defy you. They're not submitting to go... Yes, mother and father, <laughs> put me in. No, it's like. <laughs> Hello. Or change a diaper. Have their little legs kick. Come on now. They, you will fight. You, fight. you come in fighting because you're a rebel. Then you go into a school system that teaches the survival of the fittest. That teaches that only those that are strong can advance. And so you're put in a system that is totally contrary to the kingdom of God, which is about service, which is about love, which is about grace, which is about mercy. And you're in dog-eat-dog. And I'm stepping over you. And you're going to be the stairs that I'm going to use to get the top. Hello. And so we're put into the system. We talked about this. We're put into that system of dog-eat-dog world. Amen? Amen? And so we have to understand that the spirit of Antichrist is a spirit that attacks authority. I shot the sheriff, but I didn't shoot the deputy. Come on now. Fight the power. Come Come on now. We love those songs. We just love them, man. They, they just energize us and stuff. Why? Because we're rebels by nature before Christ enters our hearts. And that rebellion ha- also has to be renewed out of our minds because our mind still wants to side with the flesh. And so when we get told to do something, we hate it. We absolutely hate it. Hello. Does anybody like to be told what to do? No. Nobody does. Nobody does. Well, you need to do it this way. And it might be right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, right. like, don't run with scissors. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> don't go swimming after eating in 30 minutes. And you're over there. <laughs> Come on now. But we don't like being told what to do. No, we, don't. we don't like it at all. You need to stop this. You need to stop doing that. (laughs) Come on now. Hello. Because the law awakens those rebellious desires. Amen. Hallelujah. It's actually the grace of God that suppresses. Oh, you know, you know, God's God is opposite of the world. I mean, that, that I know that seems Sesame Street, but you got to say it over and over and over again because people think, "Well, I just look at this world and I see God." Well, no, 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 sorry. This does have its fingerprints, yeah. but it's corrupted. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. The Bible says don't love the world. Come on. Hello. Neither are the things that are in the world. Okay, so there was something that happened. That's what I'm trying to get to. The spirit of rebellion. Notice this when it talks about bishops and elders and deacons. He says, he must not be a recent convert. Notice that. He says, don't be a recent convert, because what happens with a recent convert? When I first got born again, I felt I could take on the world. That's right. And I felt I was already ready. Did you ever feel that way? Well, I'm ready to go back to the bars and win everybody that, that uh, that I was just with Saturday night. It's Sunday morning. But I was just with them Saturday night. I'm going to go back in because yeah. I can take on the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm going to, I'm going to high step it and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And I'm going to win everybody. And then all of a sudden, next Saturday night, you're, you're taking down a cold one with them. Because yeah. you weren't ready. Because you were just a novice. There are people that think they're ready for ministry just simply because they're called. You know, I was down at the altar, and the Lord spoke to me. And He said, you're called to the nations. I remember at Ramah, we'd sit there, you know, and, and, and we'd have what was known as exaltation. And... uh They would have a time in which they were talking to the second year graduates. And so we had to go. It's cold outside. It's cold and snow. So we had to go out into Rooker, which is a very small. I mean, remember that? The halls of Rooker. And so you're, you're, you're just packed in there like this, you know? And you have, inevitably, you'll get that guy that's the close talker. And everybody in my Bible school thought they were going to be on radio, because that was a big deal back then. Radio, and they were going to have a plane. Yeah, I'm going to be the biggest preacher in the world. I'm going to be the biggest. You're going to know me. You're going to want to know me right now. Hello, my name is. You're going to remember that name. That's the attitude some people have. Or some people get a dream and a vision. And they think, I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet to the nations. No. You're not going into the realm of the prophetic. You're going into the realm of the pathetic. (laughs) Not a novice. (laughs) Not a novice. You can be in the church for fifteen years and be a novice. You can be a church for twenty-five years and be a novice. You can be a church in fifty years and be a novice. There's a whole lot of them out there. Well, I don't believe that way. Well, show me scriptures. (laughs) Scriptures. Come on, Mama said. Grandma said. That's a bad. Come on, not a novice, not a recent convert. Or he may become puffed up. There we go. Big old puffed up heads. Hello. Get a little bit of knowledge. Get a little bit of understanding. And their heads so heavy they can't even keep it up. Puffed up with knowledge. Did you know that knowledge the Bible says puffs up but love builds up. Yeah. See, so you've got to go from the place and this is where the fall of Lucifer as we call him or Hellel I've entitled this message Rebel Hellel. Some of you will get that. Some of you 80s people. Okay? Part of it is he got puffed up. Now We're going to look at the scripture here in a moment and we're going to see that one of the things that Lucifer had is that he was complete, that he did not receive wisdom nor understanding based upon experience. He had it already downloaded in him. So that caused him to believe that he was superior and he got puffed up. Hello? Hello? Well, there are people that come and receive Christ. They might receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They might receive healing. And then all of a sudden, bam, they think they're already ready. But God has set the process that we learn by walking with the Lord. It's called gnosis in the Greek. And it's called intimate knowledge, experiential knowledge. So where you're at and the reason why you might be hitting the wall in some area of your life is because you have not advanced in epinosis, in experiential knowledge. Now experiential knowledge doesn't come by you just getting victory. Experiential knowledge comes by your walk with the Lord. Hello. But people don't want to hear that. They want quick fixes. They want, you know, the magic wand come out. They want the name of Jesus to be like a spell. When in all actuality, you can't wield the name of Jesus unless you're intimately acquainted with him. So notice, puffed up with conceit, pride. Pride was the downfall of the wicked one. And then it says, and fall into the condemnation of the devil. So understand that the condemnation of the devil has to do with where he was placed, his placement, his rebellion against that placement, and wanting to get outside of his plan and purpose that God set for him the fact that he used his giftings and talents that were given to him as a means of self glorification he began to see that, began to believe that he was the progenitor of his gifts and there are many ministers that operate that way in the world today when you say that yes, they believe that they are the ones that are bringing about I fast this much. I give this much. I and, and that is not the way it happens. The anointing is a grace. Yeah. Wow, that's, yeah. true. That's, true. that's true. Now, can fasting help my sensitivity to that grace? Yes. Can reading my Bible help me in my sensitivity? For the things of God. Absolutely. But it is not the basis by which those things work. Those things work because they're a grace and a mercy from God. There's a gift. You can't brag about a gift. You can't boast about a gift. Uh, This month I'll be at ORU. I go there every year. And they want me to teach on... Public speaking. And I remember I got up there and I said this. I said, listen, I know they're teaching you how to develop sermons and how to develop. I said, but majority of what I do, I can't teach you because it's a gift. I said, you know, I can't can't give it to you because I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. I don't know how I can come from fighting with my wife. To being up here I've said too much (laughs) To being up here Some of you are looking at me Wrestling with my kids Not getting enough sleep And then get up here And the Holy Spirit just I can't explain it Amen So we see that the condemnation of the devil has to do with placement and power. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1. This has really been a key scripture for us in these sessions. And also, you know, I was just in Wichita. and It, was, it's just, it just has been exploding with revelation knowledge. It talks about our condition. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Notice this. You once habitually walked following the course of this world. We told you that that's the world system, and we'll get down to it when we start a little bit further down the graph there. And uh, it says, following the prince of the power of the air. Now notice that. In the air, is or of the air, is very important. It's an important phrase. In fact, it's listed in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, and it talks about that man was to have dominion over the birds of the air. Wow. Okay? Now, multiple times this phrase is used, and it's used in regards to birds. Yeah. So why does he use prince of the power of the air here? Because he's, um, the invisible things of God are seen by the visible. If you have the ability to understand and make the correlation, everything that's physical is a mirror of what is spiritual. Okay? So that's the reason why demons are denoted as birds. In fact, in Mark chapter 4, it talks about the so or so in the word, and immediately the birds. Okay? So he's telling you that Satan is not in hell. That's right. Now, birds, their general domain is the air. Now, you'll see a bird on a tree. You'll see a bird on the ground getting seed. You'll see a bird on top of your house. But its domain is the air. In fact, it's created specifically to fly. Amen? If you see a bird that doesn't fly, then you're seeing a bird outside you're not getting this outside of its original design. Amen. In fact, a bird that can't fly will die. It will die. Even though you feed it, even though you water it, it will die because it's not doing. Hello. So it shares with you that he's in the air. And the word air is A-E-R in the Greek, and it means atmosphere around the earth. It means the oxygen atmosphere around the earth. So we see where his kingdom is. And see, we talked about UFOs, and everybody's like, what are they? What is this? I don't understand. And the Bible has already showed you that he's the prince of the power of the air. So he's playing peekaboo with you so that he can deceive you into thinking that there are people from Zeta Reticuli that are out there trying to visit the earth. And bring us some technology and heal us of our sicknesses and bring in the golden age. Sure. And there are people that believe that. But all he's doing is deceiving you. He controls the air. Yeah. That doesn't just mean that he controls the wind, because actually, his name means wind. In fact, the word Hallel, which is derived from or which 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 is basically the the Hebrew to the Sumerian Inlil, which means Lord Wind. Now that's just not a nickname for you, Dad, but it is. Some of you will get that in a minute that is exactly what he is he's Lord of the Wind in fact he's Baal in the Old Testament and Baal means Lord of the wind Lord of you see the storm God so who creates storms yeah. mm. hello see you can find instances in the Bible where God created a storm like In uh, Jonah's account, because Jonah's disobedience, he needed Jonah to go to Nineveh. A storm was created to get him to be cast overboard. But it wasn't a storm that destroyed people. But the storm that came against Jesus as he's trying to go to the demoniac of Gadara, that was meant to sink their ship and destroy them. And that was done by the prince of the power of the air. See, we don't have storms unless there's wind. And we just saw in Job 38 that they were around when this whole ball was created. So they understand the physics of everything. That's the reason why they can come in and out of the veil. That's the reason why they can do things that are supernatural. That means that they can mimic God in some way because they know how it's manufactured, how it's created, and they know the shortcuts. And in fact, most secret societies in our culture today are in the pursuit of this secret knowledge. Did you know that the, industri- the military-industrial complex knows how to create weather? They know how to change weather. They know how to make it a drought in an area they want to take over. They know how to flood it. Yeah. And they got this information. How about not because we're just so educated and smart. They got it from the unseen realm. Are you with me? Okay, I better get moving here. All right. So there is a dispute that is happening. And so he says, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. He is not talking about human beings there. The sons of disobedience are angels. They were once sons of obedience. Oh, get a hold of that. They were once locked into their place. They were once fulfilling their responsibilities. They were once fulfilling their duties to the kingdom of God and to their creator. But they decided to err and get into disobedience. And now the spirit of the prince of the power of the air has now transferred over to the angelic realm. And that's the reason why God says, I can't trust my holy ones. That's a major statement. Okay. All right. You guys okay? okay. All right. Isaiah 14:12. Isaiah 14:12. Here's where we get to it. Amen. I've said all that to get to this place right here. Isaiah 14 deals with the fall of Lucifer. It starts off with God speaking to the king of Babylon. Now, we have to understand that with every physical king, there is a spiritual dimension that's over that king, that there is a spiritual army or backing or kingdom that is influencing and flowing through, come on now, this government, and that's the reason why we have China with, with all of its dangerous attitudes towards human beings, its own people. It's because there's a spirit influencing that kingdom and progressing. And that's what's trying to happen in America. America is in the midst of battle right now. The reason why you're seeing it, you're seeing the angels are battling over the fate of America. And it it bleeds down into the populace. Okay? All right? That's the reason why the church has to rise up in this hour. That's the reason why we've got to be declaring the word, the reason why we've got to be praying, the reason why we've got to be serving the Lord and and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Because that forsaking is one of the worst things. It's absolutely because it, it breaks down unity. See, so you want to empower the angelic realm, then then you do what Daniel did. Daniel Daniel fasted for 21 days. And it enabled Michael to come and help Gabriel get through and get him the information that he needs. Amen? So there's a battle going on. Amen? Amen. And praise God, you and I are the ground troops to a heavenly battle. We face demons, which are the ground troops of the heavenly realm. Do you understand that? Okay. uh, I don't have time to go in all that. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Verse twelve, it says, "How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, our dawn star, son of dawn! How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the notice that nations low." So obviously, in this rebellion, there were nations upon the earth. Now, what kind of nations they were, we don't understand. Now, the book of Hebrews talks about how that Jesus is superior to angels. And it's kind of curious that they would use angels because he talks about Jesus being superior to angels, Jesus being superior to Moses, Jesus being superior to the law, Jesus being superior to the the tribe of Levi and the priesthood. He talks about that. Why does he use angels first? It's because I believe... That the angelic realm was the first realm that was corrupted. Okay? All right? So Jesus didn't just come to save you and me. He came to bring everything right. Everything right in every realm. Amen? His death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating at the right hand of God, it changed everything. And it's only through our awareness as the church that we can operate in that authority. See, when you're truly convinced of what Jesus did, there's not a devil in hell that can stop you. There's not anything that can be put in front of you that will not get out of the way. Now you might be obstinate and it might be rebellious, but it will move. It will move. It has to, because the backing of that system has been annihilated. Amen? The kingdom of God is understaffed and underpowered. Kingdom of darkness. Sorry. Did I say kingdom of God? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) One more time. Let me say it again. The kingdom of darkness is understaffed and underpowered. Right. Yeah. Amen? Okay. All right. So he he basically calls him Daystar, which is Ben-Hallel-Shakar. And it means light-bringer. It's where they get the word Lucifer from in the um, Latin. And notice it says, How you were cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. Notice that. He laid the nations low. Okay? You said in your heart... Now, here it is: I will ascend to heaven. OK? That wasn't his place. majority of problems in the Earth today is people trying to ascend to places they were never designed and to wow, function in. Man. That's. True. Jealousy and envy drives their life. Come on. Hello. There are people that want positions of power, positions of influence that they have no business being in. Or if they would just simply cooperate with the plan of God and let His process work in their life, they would find themselves in their God-given position. But yet, they still fight and rail. Every pastor, every leader of every company, every boss, every dad has faced these things. Even in your own home. There just seems to be an obstinate attitude towards fathers. Come on now. You know it to be true. We fight with daddy. We think daddy is, you know, making the rules and keeping us from doing things. And and that's the same attitude people have towards the Lord. And it's not. And this attitude came from the spirit of Antichrist. It came from the progenitor of that, which is Lucifer. Amen? Okay. All right, so he says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Notice that. I like this. It says this. I'm going to read it again. I will ascend the heavens above the stars of God, which is represent the highest above the angelic rank, because stars in the Scripture mean angels. He says, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north, I will ascend from the heights of the clouds. Now notice this next phrase. I will make myself like the Most High. That's where the spirit of this age is coming in. Where people will say, I will make myself a woman. I will make myself a man. I will make myself this. I will make myself a cat. I will make... Where did that come from? It came from the prince of the power of the air. So the air carries things, does it not? Yeah. Amen. We have what is known as airborne diseases or air carried diseases. He carries the disease plague of rebellion and unsubmitted attitudes towards the foundation and structure of God. He says, listen, that's where communism came from. That's where the the, the precepts of, of uh, Leninism and all of those various, let's flatten everything. There's no structure. Everybody's supposed to be on the same playing field. That's not what God said. That's not how God put it into action. We've got Kids on the same level as parents. We've got kids that are above their parents. We've got situations in which we don't follow rank anymore. We say we want to serve God, but we can't follow the person that is over us. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. If you, if you ain't got that fixed, get it fixed. Because it's the spirit of Satan. Satan. It is the rebellious spirit to blame your parents. I can't believe the kids will blame their parents for their lack of success, for their lack of advantage in the world. Well, it's because of you. No, turn that finger around, sister. Turn that finger around. It's because of you. You're your own worst enemy. You're the one that kid, just as Pastor Trevor said, you're the one that's keeping you from breakthrough. Ain't nobody you can point the finger out keeping hold of you. But that's the spirit of accusation. That's the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist accuses, slanders. Well, you always do this, and you never do that. You can't even talk that way. You are not immortal. Only immortal people talk never and always. Hello. Oh, this is preaching real good. (laughs) Look at verse number 15. Let me find it on my... But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? See, he's not not all that. See, he he operates in the realm of deception, what you cannot see, and he preys upon fear. He says, who made the world like a desert and overthrew its cities. Now, notice that. That's exactly what happened, chaos. He brought chaos into the world. The theologians call this chaos kampf. It's where chaos came into the earth because of disorder. Rebellion is disorder. It's entropy. It's one of the laws of physics in this world. But entropy was not an original law of God's physics. It was brought in by the adversary. Amen? Hallelujah. All the earth, all the kings of the nations lie in glory, each in their own tomb. But you are cast out away from your grave like a loathed branch clothed with the slain. Those pierced by the sword who go down to the stones of the pit like a dead body trampled underfoot. Notice that. Now you know why Jesus said this in in John chapter 8. He says, he was a murderer from the beginning. But yet I don't see any murder in in Genesis chapter 3. When did it happen? Now some theologians will tell you that Lucifer fell before the creation of Adam. Adam. And there are some theologians that will tell you that Lucifer fell along with Adam, that they conspired together. And I'm not against either of those views. But there are some interesting things in Genesis chapter 2 that lend me, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, that lend me to believe it was before. Because Adam was told to subdue the earth. Now, you don't subdue something unless it's hostile. Then he said to him in the garden, he said, dress it and keep it, guard it. So there obviously was something that was getting in, wanting to get into the garden that he was supposed to keep. It also says, be fruitful and multiply, replenish. Do you understand that? Replenish. So, you know, I'm drinking from this cup right now, and uh, I am replenishing it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting it empty. Someone will come, at least by next week, and <laughs> replenish it. You see what I'm saying? So those are three little. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. I don't need it now. But replenish means to replace. He talks about nations here. He talks about people groups. He talks about kings. He's talking about the first earth age that ended in chaos. And it was not the flood of Noah, but it was the flood of Lucifer, as theologians tell us. And this flood destroyed the earth. Noah's flood did not destroy the earth. It was over all the earth, but it did not destroy the earth. In fact, when the waters receded, the earth became back. It, well, there was no change to it whatsoever. And in fact, many of the monuments and temples of the antediluvian world were still up. And they went back to them and began to worship. Oh, come on. Okay, all right, okay. I'm getting a little too deep for you. All right, that's all right. All right, let's look at another passage of Scripture in Ezekiel, and I'm going to finish it up right now, okay? Ezekiel, we got time? Yeah, we got time. Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. This is the account from the prophet Ezekiel. I'm going to start with verse 11. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre. Now notice, in the first of the 28th verse, he's talking to the prince of Tyre. But then he shifts to the king of Tyre. Now, the word prince in the Old Testament does not carry the, the uh, connotation that it has in our culture, in Western culture. Where prince is just simply the opposite or the, uh, or the other gender of princess. That's not what it means. It means principality, landowner. It means real estate. It means that they are over-territory. Amen. Now, if you look at the 32nd chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, you will find that the earth was dispersed to the sons of God at the Tower of Babel, and that they each took people groups and created civilizations and nations based upon the particular gods they were following. And it says that they offered their children and sacrifices to demons, which is the Hebrew word shadim which just means territorial spirits. So there are spirits that are over territories, over regions, and over nations. Okay? And so the, these territories, and so when it talks about a prince, it's talking about someone that is over a territory. So now he shifts and talks to the king of Tyre. The king of Tyre is the entity that is above the physical prince. That owns the physical property. And that's the reason why I say this. That dominion was not given to Satan. Authority was. Dominion comes through flesh. See, you, God, even God cannot exercise. I know people have a hard time with it. But even God doesn't exercise unless through the doorway of the flesh. Otherwise, why did Jesus have to become a man? Okay. Eventually, Antichrist will be that expression for the wicked one to have full access to the material realm and have that dominion. And he will have dominion for a time, for seven years. Even dominion over the saints of God. Did you know that? People say, well, I'm not going to get saved until I see the rapture. Well, I'm telling you, the Antichrist will have dominion. Because the same authority that you and I exercise will not be valid in that time period. That's the main reason why he says he will overpower the saints, he will kill them and slay them. Right now, there is a group of people that would like to see each and every one of us that are assembled here in prison or dead. But they can't do it because of the kingdom of God. Because of the authority that we have. Come on now. There is a restrainer. And once that restrainer is taken out of the way, Antichrist will have rule. And he'll be able to destroy the saints of God. Now, that doesn't mean that people won't be saved during the tribulation. The greatest revival will happen during the tribulation period, but they will pay it mostly with their physical lives. So I think you need to get saved today. Amen? Okay. All right. Notice this. Five more minutes. All right. You were in Eden. Well, the prince of Tyre wasn't in Eden, but the king of Tyre was. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and jasper, sapphire, and the emerald, and the carbuncle. And crafted in gold were your settings. And your engravings on the day that you were created, they, they were prepared. So here we're seeing a creation that was prepared and that he was given these beautiful stones That represented the kingdom of God. And actually they represent the foundations of the new Jerusalem. Only there's nine of them listed here. So that shows me this. That Lucifer was not the choir director. He was a priest. He was a priest. He operated in the same priesthood... That we're being trained for. Amen. He only had nine. Because the three levels that were left. In the heavenly Jerusalem. Were not done yet. He rebelled in the midst. Of receiving the ninth stone. To the twelfth stone. And it was only in the book of Leviticus. Where we see Aaron. Aaron being given a breastplate with these nine stones and these three added stones to it, representing the kingdom of God through the twelve tribes of Israel. So basically what he's saying is, and this is what the Apostle Paul tells us, is that it is through the twelve tribes and the twelve apostles That the foundation, oh, come on now. That the foundation of the kingdom of God on earth is being laid. And those 12 stones represent those things. Come on now. Now, each stone represents a certain classification of the Messiah. So here we have this angel that is created with these stones. Now, let's read a little bit further, okay? Alright, doesn't mean that he didn't lead a song or two. I'm not saying that. Doesn't mean, because what does a priest do? A priest educates, teaches people about God, points people towards God, intercedes on behalf of people to God, does the appropriate sacrifices to God on behalf of others. That's what he was. Okay, now notice this. You were an anointed guardian cherub, verse 14. This is a word in the Hebrew that people don't understand. In fact, it's never used again in the complete Bible. And it's the word memshak. Now, it is a derivative of mashiach, which is Messiah. Satan knows he can't beat God the Father. He's contending for the throne of the Son. Because he was created to be the anointed, as the King James says, the anointed cherub that covereth. The actual Hebrew means... The long-winged one. Wings represent protection. So that leads me to believe, and I hope that you'll see it as well, that he was called to protect a part of God's creation. And through his ability to be a priest, he was to educate that civilization to where heaven could come upon earth which the new Jerusalem is, heaven to earth. He was constructing God's city that would eventually be upon the earth and stay upon the earth forever. But yet he rebelled in that process. And I'll show you why he rebelled here, okay? All right. Now notice this. I placed you. Now notice this. I placed you. 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 What is one of the number one conflicts in the world? Placement. Well, I think I should be doing that. What in the world? Who, what in God's name are they doing there? I'm smarter than them. Oh, my boss is the stupidest idiot I've ever known in all my days. Come on, these are, this is the spirit of Antichrist. Yes. You think you're cool doing it. You think you're getting a few laughs around the water cooler. My goodness. But you're actually yielding to the spirit of Antichrist. Antichrist. You don't know what that person went through. You don't know their situation. You don't know what price they've had to pay. You don't. You, you, you're judging. What did Jesus say? Judge not, lest you be judged. Because when you start judging people in authority, that judgment's going to come back on you. We had a situation in which I had someone that was close to me leave us, and and they went off and, and started their work, and they were very very nasty about it. Okay. Well, after their work failed, they came back to me and apologized. And they said, I didn't realize how much pressure and that the pastor is blamed for everything. That's what they said. Well, the same judgment you mete out is going to be measured back to you. Well, you know, he just don't preach any anything and I'm just not getting fed down there. Brr. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, he's he's going to teach on them Nephilim again. Hello. I'm telling you. The same judgment. You're going to find it in your home. Oh, in your workplace? Come on now. All right. You okay? All right. Notice this. You were blameless in your way. So that shows me that he had free will. He wasn't created to corrupt Satan. People say, well, God created Satan, you know, to tempt us. God didn't create Satan. God created the anointed cherub that covers. He created Hillel. Hillel chose. Because God cho- g- chose to give us free will. Now I know there are factions of the body of Christ that do not believe in free will. But this clearly tells you that all the angelic realm have a free will. They can make a decision to turn against their master. Just like you can turn against your master. Amen. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Tell unrighteousness. I, like, I really like what the King James says. Tell iniquity was found in you. And it begins to describe what that iniquity is. He says, In the abundance of your trade, or the King James uses the word traffic. Now this is the word rekula uh, in the Hebrew. And it means to barter, to, um, to go up and down as a tailbearer, as an agitator, as someone that is sowing strife. You now we can see several examples of this in the Scripture. Absalom being one of them. Absalom by the city gates. He's been exiled first by his father, brought back into the uh, into the palace by invitation, but yet segregated from David. And so he broods and gets mad because he's not fully brought in. The banished one is not fully brought into right relationship, like the prodigal son. He's put in. He said, "I'm not going to eat with you. I'm not going to see you. When I'm here, you need to be somewhere else." So he brooded and was upset, and that's 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 exactly a mirror of God and Lucifer's relationship. And so he gets out by the city gate, which is the place of influence, and he begins to. Begins to judge the people because they know his position as a son of David, as a prince. And he says, well, if I was king. Yeah. And that's exactly what he was doing. He was going around to the angelic realm. He says, he says, you know what? Can you believe this? Can you believe he's asking you to do this? You know, you could be free of this. You don't have to. How, how about this? You don't have to go to church all the time. What are you going there all the time for? I don't understand it. I don't understand. You're serving again? You're serving those babies again? Oh my gosh. See, they're trying to keep you from your reward. And many times, you know, oh, you don't need to listen to him. He's full of hot air. Come on. on. That's what he was doing. It was as small and intricate as that. Using his words. Well, what does he do today? What does he do today? He uses words. They don't appreciate you. No one cares about you. You just need to quit. I'll tell you, and he'll give you this picture on the inside of you of just breaking loose, cussing them out, even murder. My goodness. And that's what he did. He just began to weave his tales, talk to people. This is what happens in church splits. It's what happens when problems in church arise. One person will get disgruntled with the leadership, and they're telling 15 others about it. That's the same spirit, friends. It's the same spirit. That's the reason why Jesus said, if you have fault with your brother, go to him. And if he won't listen to you, then you bring in others you understand that? See, Jesus is about peace and he's about, you know, unity. Satan is not. Amen. And it says, trade were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as profane thing from the mountain of God. Now notice this, the garden of Eden was on a mountain and it says, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. The stones of fire is the very throne room of God. It's where the seraphim that uh, Isaiah saw in Isaiah 6, where he took the tongs of the altar and put those burning stones and put it upon his lips. It's where the ancient of days sits on the stones of fire. So he was close, he was not an outlier. That's the reason why Judas is a type of Lucifer. He was in the presence of the Lord, but his heart was not with him. He had motives that were irrespective, he didn't like his place. This is way better than you're saying amen. I I tell you what, I, I tell you what, this will save you some money. Notice this. It says your heart was proud because of what? You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. People get in vanity. They lose their IQ. Come on. that's true. Hello. They don't think straight. When you think you're all that in a bag of chips, you're not thinking straight. The Bible says we're to think of ourselves highly. Did you know that? Romans 12, we're to think of ourselves highly, but not more highly than we ought. Amen? But he thought of himself, he says, I cast you to the ground, I expose you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of your iniquities or traffic, which is the same word, being able to speak words that divide, that frustrate, that bring strife and stress. He says... Uh, So I brought fire out from the midst. It consumed you and I turned you to ashes on the earth. Notice that. On the earth. Not in heaven. People say the rebellion was in heaven. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. To the earth. He tried to ascend. He was cast back down. And I believe the minute he was cast back down... The chaotic flood came and judged that entire nation that he had led in rebellion to God. Amen. He says, I turned you to ashes uh, on the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Now that tells me this. His angelic powers are stripped. Amen. Amen. Because he's no longer the anointed cherub that covereth. Jewish tradition states this, and this is why I'll close with this, all right? I know this is my fifth closing. (laughs) Jewish tradition states that he was the only cherub that was in the throne room. And that his wide wingspan covered God. We see in the Ark of the Covenant, when they constructed it, which is a uh, a, a mimic of God's throne. Because that's really what it is. It's a throne. You see two cherub. And the wingspan is over. You see the mercy seat. Jewish tradition states that because of Lucifer's fall, God decided that he needed two cherub instead of one that could rebel. Now, whether that's biblical or not, I don't know. But it makes sense to understand that he had the longest wingspan. And that's what his name meant, is that he had the longest wingspan. He was over a creation. He was over a civilization. He was to lead them as their... Mashiach or as their Mimshach which was a derivative of Mashiach he was to lead them in the producing of a eternal heaven and earth marriage and he rebelled against that because he didn't like his place and I'll tell you oh God let's go over to Psalm 8 This is, this is it, guys. This is it, I promise. Are you learning anything? This is, this is the problem. See, Satan didn't want to serve. He didn't want to serve. Lack of service in the heart of a believer is the spirit of Antichrist. Let me say that again. Lack of service in the heart of a believer is... Is the spirit of Antichrist. When we don't want to serve and do what God's asking us to do, or even what God, the people that God has put around us and above us ask us to do, and we rebel against that, it's the spirit of Antichrist. Now, I'm not saying that you're called to be an automaton. I'm not saying that you don't have free will to make decisions. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray and seek the face of God about what you're to do. But I am saying that if you continue to resist to serve anywhere in any capacity, you've got the spirit of Antichrist. Come on. Notice, Satan did not want to serve mankind. Because in the 8th chapter of Psalms, starting with verse 3, it says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers... The moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? Notice this. This, most theologians will tell you, is the accusation of Lucifer to God. He says, what's man that you're mindful of him? Or the Son of Man that you visited him. You've given him dominion over the work of your hands. You've given him all this authority. He's jealous. And he no more wanted to serve humanity and he rebelled. And he caused a great multitude of angelic hosts to follow him. Because mankind was made a little lower. Than the angels. And he did not want to serve. And in fact, you know, I'm not a big, you know, I don't believe in the Koran. Okay? Don't believe in the Koran. I believe it's a false message. But even in the Koran, it says that Satan rebelled because he was jealous over Adam. And there's some, you know, when it comes to deception, there's a little bit of truth in there. Amen? But even the biblical narrative and other narratives prove this out. Is that he was not going to serve. He wanted to be served. And that's the reason why Jesus comes to earth and he says, I came not to be served. Yes. But to serve and to get it's the exact opposite. The Mimshach and the Mashiach. The Memshach worship me. I'm supposed to be God. Mashiach. I came to give my life as a ransom for many. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we'll just get into the fall of Adam. we got some good stuff to talk about. Are you enjoying this? Is this helping you? Amen. Well, I tell you what, we're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to just let our spiritual hair down. We're going to worship God, praise God, and we're going to see God move. And we call this times of manifestation. That means that we're coming to see manifestation. Amen. So we expect manifestation. How many are expecting manifestation? Praise God, five of you. Good! We can work with that. Amen? God is good. It's going to be a powerful time. But if you're here and you don't know Jesus, if you're here and you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've followed the Lord for years, if you're here and you've got ailment in your body or you're facing some kind of serious circumstance in your life and you need prayer, we're going to have ministers that are going to be right up here at the close of service. I encourage you to come and receive your need met by the Lord. But I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm looking forward to this whole week. It's going to be a powerful time. It's not just going to be a visitation. It's going to be a habitation. And you've got to come with your expectors on because rain doesn't fall. Rain doesn't fall. There's a demand that pulls the rain out of the cloud. Come with that demand tonight. Come with that demand Monday night. Come with that demand Tuesday and Wednesday night. God has something with your name on it through these services. Amen? You believe that? God bless you. You're dismissed. We love you.